six years old. Yes, you heard right. Junction Mall is six this November. And to celebrate the birthday, well, they're actually offering you big discounts and lots of entertainment in the anniversary shopping bazaar and electronics fair. It comes up from the 27th of November till the 29th of November. You want to pass through, I mean, the Junction Mall, enjoy this amazing, mind-blowing discounts and get your Christmas shopping done. You want to pass by Junction Mall and shop in a safe, secure and serene environment whilst enjoying live rendition of your favorite tunes throughout the weekend. And make sure you wear your face mask and ensure full compliance with our safety protocols. Junction Mall, join, explore, shop and enjoy. Well, I'm going to hand over to Yao Banafu uh, uh, together with Charles Nixon Yeboah. And um, of course, they'll be having a conversation with uh, Mr. Ken Kojo Safo, managing partner of First Code Management Services, speaking on the topic what it is, actually, what it means to be entrepreneurial in a non profit market. Uh, I'll bounce back at 2.15 with some more country music right here on Joy 99.7 FM. Good afternoon to you, our cherished listeners. It's always indeed super, super exciting to come your way every Wednesday with your favorite business development program on Radio Masterclass. Masterclass is by Joy Business and brought to us by Goyle. Goyle, they say good energy. Goyle, Yenara, Yedia. It's indeed the 25th day of November. Gradually, we're inching towards the end of the year. few more days and it's election day. And in a few more days after that also, it's Christmas. It certainly does feel good to bring you today's edition of Masterclass. Today we have sort of mixed feelings here on the show because today's show will be the last show in the series of Masterclass for this year, 2020. We're definitely going to miss you, our cherished listeners, and all of the contributions that we've shared. We're also going to miss, you know, our wonderful resource persons who have taken the time out. We'll take some time out at the end of the show to probably say thank you to them as well for being with us throughout the whole year. And we'll definitely look back to continuing our engagements with you when we come back in January. My name, as always, is Yabanafo, and I will be co-hosting today's show with my favorite man, Charles Nixon Yeboa. Charles is a great guy by all standards. He's been helping me host the last two shows, uh, holding the fort, doing a great job. So, Charles, how has your week been so far? Wonderful? Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Mixed feelings today. Last show of the year. Mixed feelings. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
terms of getting uh, businesses running effectively so that they'll be able to generate mm. enough income for, for, for themselves. I mean, I think that if there's any message we're going to give to our listeners before we get into today's show in a few seconds, what we're telling them is by all means, in this season and the youth tide, yeah. by all means, drive safe so that you arrive alive. Absolutely. And number two, hashtag we stand for peace exactly, and masterclass. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Nixon, do us a favor, introduce our resource person. Let's continue the conversation today and then we'll come back and round up the show. Well, thank you, Yaa Banafu, and I'm glad to have you on the show today. And quickly, we want to take a recap of what transpired last week. And last week, we looked at the topic leveraging corporate support and outsourcing services for startups. And we actually delve into outsourcing. And we all know that outsourcing is a type of business whereby um, you seed part of your operations to a third party to kind of reduce cost. And we look at how different outsourcing is from business process processes outsourcing. And we also looked at how critical outsourcing is to today's business, the benefits of outsourcing for startups, what startups should look out for in dif- in identifying outsourcing companies, among others. And as usual, we have the man King Kojo Safo in on today's show to help us uh, look at different perspectives as we wrap up uh, the show for the year. King Kojo Safo actually is a management partner for First Code Management Services. And like I always say, um, he has very extensive um, CV and I would like to read briefly about it. He is a very practical oriented gentleman with in-depth knowledge in business outsourcing and management consultancy as well. He is he has a rich experience in research and you know re- in research we are very particular about methodology because we need to get our sampling size and sampling technique very right. He also has some extensive experience in business regulatory compliance, market entry and corporate services for businesses and let me welcome King Kojosaf for of First Code Management Services. Ken, good afternoon and welcome to the show Masterclass on your Superstation Joy 99.7 FM. Thank you very much, Charles, and uh, good afternoon to your cherished listeners. Good afternoon, uh, Ken. Today we will be looking at the topic, what it means to be entrepreneurial in non-profit businesses. And clearly, non-profit businesses is growing in this country and across the globe. I was reading an article and clearly in the United States, non Profit business is very dominant in the United States. And Ken, uh, first and foremost, let me ask you what is non-profit businesses and how different it is from other businesses. And let me also add, is non-NGO, non-governmental organization, non-profit business? Okay, thank you. Um, Basically, when we say non-profit business, as the name suggests, we are talking about a business which is set up for uh, particular mission other than making profit. So um, non-profit businesses are basically organizations or establishments set up to achieve a particular cause other than generating profit, which is meant to be shared or distributed to the owners of the business. And you're asking about how different it is from an NGO. Yes, indeed, an NGO is basically a non-governmental organization and a non-governmental organization is a non-profit organization. So we, we say it's an NGO because um, it usually would have little or no government influence. And that is why we refer to it as an NGO. So basically, an NGO is simply um, one way of registering a non-profit organization. So there are other aspects of 
non-profit organizations. I mean, you have civil society organizations, um, you have community-based organizations, you have faith-based organizations, you have research centers, you have think tanks, and quite a number of them. But basically, the most important aspect is that they are not meant to generate profit. Well, let me also say that we are streaming live on our Facebook page, Joy 99.7 FM. You can also reach us on our Twitter handle, Joy 99.7 FM. If you want to be interactive, you can WhatsApp us on 055 Send your comments, your questions, and Ken Kojosafo is here to respond to all your questions and comments as well. Well, Ken... Um, you've rightly spoken so much about what non-profit business mean. How dominant it is in this country? Well, I probably want to start discussing it at the regional level. Um, indeed, considering there are quite a number of developing um, countries within the African region, um, it is not without doubt that you're going to have a lot of non-profit organizations because they come in the form of philanthropic organizations and um, community-based organizations that are meant to address challenges such as um, poverty, unemployment, and then the related um, features that are known to characterize developing um, countries. So in terms of dominance, indeed, um, there are quite a number of um, non-profits in Ghana and then other parts of the African region. I am unable to put a number to it, but there are growing um, number of NGOs usually working with development partners or development agencies to achieve um, particular costs. And they all usually would have a cost ranging from education, empowerment, girl-child support, and quite a number of them. So, yes, basically, um, non-profit organizations are dominating the space. And we are seeing a new era of them, um, social enterprises. That's also another um, area of non-profit that is gradually finding space in um, today's marketplace. Well, uh, Ken Kojosafo right there. Uh, non-profit businesses is very important as far as um, our development is concerned. And uh, speaking in the context of graduate entrepreneurship, um, what would exactly motivate a graduate to go into non-profit business? Um, I would first talk about what should not motivate a graduate to go into non-profit business, and that should be amassing wealth and making, uh, making profit from that. So um, if you're a graduate and you seek to go into the non-profit space, indeed, there are quite a number of opportunities for you, but it should be driven by a motive other than seeking to amass wealth or seeking to generate profit. And then the reason why this is important is that should the activities generate um, surplus income or profit, the non-profit business structure does not require you to distribute that among the owners or the founders of the organization, but particularly to put it to the cost or the objective of the organization. So for graduates seeking to go into non-profit, for so long as... um, we, we, we live as humans and then society evolves. There are indeed problems that keep occurring. And for that matter, non, to go into a non-profit, you need to find some of the issues or problems that persist in society and then find out whether indeed you are committed and you have a mission to address some of these societal problems. If indeed you have these missions, put yourself together, find out which area of the, the various um, options available to you want to focus on and then basically you can go into into business so see the non-profit as one of the business lines and i would be quick to say that the non-profit is basically different from what most people discuss as startup entrepreneurship what we've usually been talking about in the entrepreneurship ecosystem because with the non-profit unlike 
it's a limited it's a limited liability company however it is limited by guarantee and we say it's limited by guarantee because you cannot subscribe to shares in a non-profit in the non-profit space um the the those who start the non-profit usually would not want to refer to them as owners you don't you hardly will hear people talking about owners of a non-profit usually they will talk about founders of the non-profit and you would talk about those who start the non-profit to be the executive council members and the subscribers what you refer to in the other business structure which is limited by shares you refer to them as shareholders for the subscribers and then directors for the executive council members but in the context of limited liability companies particularly limited by shares the business the business is driven by profit motive and for limited by guarantee it is not so for entrepreneurs who seek or graduates who seek to go into um, startup or go into startup businesses in the non-profit space there are opportunities for you to go into that business you just have to understand what it means to run a non-profit space and there are business and regulatory concerns that one needs to unravel to survive in the non-profit sector well um let me say that this show is brought to you by goal good energy goal Yenara, yeah, yeah, you can be interactive by WhatsApping us on zero five five one 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 nine nine seven. Ask your questions and your comments, and King Kojosafo is here to answer all your questions and also respond to your comment as well. King, um, you've spoken a lot about non-profit business, and someone would like to ask: How do non-profit business make money? How do non-profit business make money? Make money is quite an interesting thing to say. Um, so, yes, usually non-profit businesses make money. But if, you, if making money here, you mean um, generating profit, I think I've already discussed that. But um, making money, you're talking about how they generate money to run the business. So Absolutely. like any other business, indeed, non-profits would have to identify means of making money to survive as a business. And it's very critical because in the absence of sustainable financing, whatever your motive is to address societal problems, I'm sure you cannot take it too far if you, you are not able to identify lines of making money. So directly to your question, um, how do they make money? I would say that they have sources limited to um, crowdfunding. They have philanthropic support from, from donors. They have grants. And then they can also raise loans um, when necessary, except that they are regulated even when it comes to raising loans. So for nonprofits to make money, Yes, the subscribers and then the executive council members and, of course, the employees in the non-profit will definitely be compensated for the work that they do. So if it is about those behind the non-profit making money, that's basically what it means. They would make money by benefiting for the work that they put into it. They will be compensated by way of salaries and wages paid to them or by way of allowances paid to them for their efforts. However, for the business, the business makes money by relying on philanthropic support by relying on grants and by relying on other donor support and then support from other corporate bodies. These are usually what we've known to be the conservative and the traditional means by which non-profits make money. In recent times, you are seeing very sustainable approaches where they engage in some commercial activities which also bring money to the non-profit business. So, talking about the commercial activities, what, what exactly are they into? Because we want to know which activities are they in with respect to generating some level of income to run their business? That will probably just drive me to um, 
another interesting subject I mentioned, which is that of social entrepreneurship. So um, players in the non-profit space who would usually employ commercial strategies to undertake um, or to deliver on their social goals or to deliver on the organizational mandate would usually be described as social enterprises or social entrepreneurs. And they would normally engage in any commercial activity which is meant to generate income for them. And usually these commercial strategies or what we would refer to as business strategies would end up getting them a lot more income over their expenditure. So they would definitely have income surpluses which they would not be able to distribute among themselves because they fall in the bracket of a non-profit but they would also, they would particularly assign it to the object or the purpose for which the business was established. So for commercial activities, indeed, it depends on what the non-profit does. You can be a non-profit organization and then you are seeking to encourage hand washing. And I'll use that example because of the times, the time we find ourselves in. So here, let me see if I can, if I can be able to discuss the context in a varied way for, for listeners to understand. When you talk about a limited liability company, which is limited by shares, a typical for-profit business, going into the business of making soap. They'll raise money from so many sources and then they'll go into the soap production. They would obviously make some profit if they put their strategies and their commercial practices well together. Once they make the profit, they have the option of distributing the profit among the owners of the business. And then if they distribute the profit, they can decide as part of their corporate social responsibility to assign part of the profit to support hand-washing projects. Let's use the same example. Let's discuss in the context of a social enterprise. In the context of a social enterprise, raising the money would usually not be through commercial means. That is one. They would normally not rely on commercial means of raising the money. But then they could raise the money from sources including grants and supports and then um, donor aid and all that. But once they, they raise the money, they would put the money into business, commercial activity. So in this case, they can go into soap making. So they put a group of women together or a team of people together, assuming their focus is on, on women empowerment. So they do that, they produce soaps, and then they commercialize it, they sell, they make money. At the end of the day, the money made is put back into the business of supporting women empowerment. That's basically what the social enterprise will do. So the social enterprise will look at the commercial aspect of it by making sure that they are generating more money from making soap and from selling soap. But when they make the money, it is a non-profit organization and so they would put the money back into the object of the business. The same context being discussed in a typical non-profit which you'd refer to as an NGO. In this context, they would normally call on a donor or a supporting agency like a philanthropic organization or a development partner. They make the money and then they use the money to support the hand washing project and normally they will not engage in a typical commercial activity where they would seek to make profits or they will seek to make income over expenditure and that may come up because in the course of the activities it does come up but their main objective will be to address the core mandate which is promoting hand wash rightly so um can one ask can you equate non-profit business to a legal or accounting firm non-profit business to a legal or accounting firm. Absolutely. Okay, so you want to understand whether a legal or accounting firm can be non-profit. Yes. Yes, yes. I mean, um, unless areas that are regulated, 
by specific regulators I, in I'm Ghana? I'm saying this because usually, you know, the income is shared at the end of the period, usually mm-hmm. at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. That is when the income or the proceeds are shared among the partners. Yes, so the, the, the profits will be shared among partners in the case of a partnership or in the case of a company limited by shares. But um, I'm addressing directly your question. When you talk about legal or accounting service, if you're in that service line, it's just like any other service line. If your activities are not barred by a regulator, what it means is that you can incorporate a company limited by guarantee and provide legal service. And indeed, I think there are some services like that in Ghana. And it means that they are, in the legal, they are providing legal services, but particularly they are, they are seeking to support. Usually they would, they would be there to support a cost, a social cost. And so it can be accounting service, but you want to do it to support a particular cause. So whatever the service line is, you'd be able to undertake it with the non-profit, provided it is not restricted or barred by a regulator. Well, you are listening to Masterclass on your superstation, Joy 99.7 FM. We've been looking at the topic, what it means to be entrepreneurial in non-profit business. Um, in business 101 or business management or business finance, mm-hmm. usually when we talk about the types of business, types of businesses, sole proprietorship, partnership, uh, limited liability company, we do not mention non-profit business. Where exactly can we situate non-profit business? Non-profit business would um, usually not be mentioned in the typical business structures, but indeed it falls under a structure referred to as companies limited by guarantee. So non-profit businesses are limited liability companies, like I said, but then they are limited by guarantee. Limited by guarantee in the sense that um, the subscribers to the regulations of the company would be committed, the guarantee. So they will be committed to um, defraying the assets or any liabilities that the company um, is bound to in the situation of uh, liquidation. So... Um, when when it comes to companies limited by guarantee, non-profits find space in that. It is one of the structures. Well, uh, you can be interactive on our WhatsApp line as zero five five one 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 nine nine seven. And Ken, let me also ask this question: mm-hmm. Are Ghanaians really interested in non-profit business? I'm taking you back to the earlier question: Q one and Q two. Whether Ghanaians are interested in non-profit, um, I think there are probably a lot more people going into non-profit um, than than those who are actually. I mean, those actually going into the non-profit space. Um, quite a number of people are going into it, but at the end of the day, the most important thing is that um, are they committed to a particular cause and do they understand what it means to run a non-profit um, business? And so, when you ask whether Ghanaians are interested in the non-profit business, I would say yes because. Um, most of our communities and most of um, the activities we find around us are usually prone to problems and challenges. And so you find a group of people come together to identify a common cause and then usually we establish a business and refer to it as an NGO or any type of a non-profit. And then, uh, yes, we are into it and then um, make some money to advance um, societal goals. Well, Kofi from Tantra Hill, Kofi Amo actually from Tantra Hill says, He's interested in establishing a non-profit business. What should be the approach and the steps to be taken to acquire um, a non-profit business? Okay, so um, 
to start a non-profit organization, like I said, is uh, limited by guarantee, and then it finds its place at the registrar general's department like any other business. So what Kofi needs to do is to procure the incorporation forms. Non-profits are incorporated. So you procure the incorporation forms from the registrar of companies, which is the registrar general's department. You complete it. And then um, once you sign off to it, you provide your details of subscribers and then your executive council members. And indeed, you need a secretary as well. Once you do this and then you complete the processes at the Registrar General's Department, you'll be issued with a certificate. And then for an NGO, you would have to proceed to the Department of Social Welfare and then get registered get your organization also registered and issued with a license or a permit to operate. Well, uh, King Kojo Safo there, he is a management partner of First Code Management Services. And we've been delving into the topic, what it means to be entrepreneurial in non-profit business in the context of graduate entrepreneurship. And our mission is to ensure that we bridge, uh, we help to bridge the high unemployment uh, gap uh, as far as um, graduates are concerned and he's been helping us to delve into this particular topic i guess in every business there are internal strengths weaknesses can you share with us some of the strengths and weaknesses of non-profit organization and in terms of the weaknesses how do we address them going forward Okay, so yes, non-profit is um, a very important business structure that we need to pay attention to because it's particularly the only area that is committed to um, supporting humanity, let me put it that way, and then supporting development in the context of um, the economy. They are, they are seen as development partners. They, they end up working effortlessly and then um, giving their all and putting all their their resources into advancing um, social goals or addressing um, societal problems. And so, yes, indeed, um, they, they definitely would have some advantages doing that business and then they will have some challenges as well. I think when it comes to advantages, you definitely will see that they don't go through the... They go through a different kind of difficulty when it has to do with raising funds. So they usually also have, sometimes have challenges. I mean... Um, usually as a developing country or a third world country, you attract a lot more support from the developed nations. And so Ghana has seen a lot more funding and donor support. But now I think one of the major challenges um, startups in the non-profit space are facing would be fundraising. So they usually lack the necessary business acumen, which is required for them to raise funds and sustain the activity. So if I would say any particular challenge in the non-profit space, it would be in relation to um, managing the business and then sustaining the activities of the business. And so you see most non-profits start and then they are not able to um, sustain their activities. But in terms of advantages, there are varied advantages that we can talk about depending on what they do. They support all kinds of um, missions and then now you have corporate bodies who partner non-profits and that's one of the things I encourage non-profits to do to partner corporate bodies which are businesses meant to make profits and then work together in achieving a common goal. Well, uh, thank you very much Ken Kojosa for First Code Management Services. We'll be taking a quick break and when we return I will announce the phone line so that you can call to ask your questions and perhaps make some contribution to the show um, thank you very much for listening to Masterclass on your superstation, Joy 99.7 FM. 
classes in session and you can interact with us via Facebook at Joy Business or at Joy 99.7 FM. And if you tweet, the handle is at Joy 997 FM. Don't forget to hashtag Masterclass. You can also send us a text on 1422 across all networks or join the WhatsApp conversation on 0244-340437 and our facilitators will address your concerns. Attention everyone, class is in progress. Well, thank you for listening to the show Masterclass on your superstation, Joy 99.7 FM. You can be interactive and WhatsApp us on the line 055 Our phone lines is also activated. You can reach us on 0302-216-541. And King Kojo Safo is here helping us to delve into the topic what it means to be entrepreneurial in non-profit business. So far, we've looked at various uh, questions, and um, I would ask Ken Kojo Safo the issue about board. Board is very key in every business to regulate and make sure the business runs effectively. How different is the board of non-profit business from a limited liability company? Okay, like I said, um, non-profit is also a limited liability company, but I imagine you're referring to how different um, the board of a non-profit is from companies limited by shares. I mean, Kojo, just before you go, let me just quickly put the phone lines out again so that we get we get quite interactive. This is the last show, so we're encouraging all of our listeners to get active. Uh, give us a call, 0302-216-541. That's 0302-216-541. By all means, we want to hear your voice. We want you to be the person who called the show last this year, and then we'll we'll give you a shout out. We can actually, you know, mention your name and give you a shout out. You can also send us a WhatsApp on 055 quadruple one nine nine seven that's zero five five one 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 nine nine seven pick up a phone and give us a call on zero three zero two two one six five four one could you please go ahead well Sorry. well could you be, be, before you go ahead there is a quick uh whatsapp message and it's from samson oh, in Dawinia. samson is asking uh, whether he wants actually to know the minimum requirement to start non-profit business i'm sure you've touched on that but if you can recap well a minimum requirement in terms of um if, if it's referring to it in terms of money, there isn't any minimum requirement that one needs to um, pay to start a non-profit. You only need to procure the forms and pay the incorporation fees at the Registrar General's Department. And then the partners would only, the subscribers would only have to um, commit to the, um, in case of a liquidation, they need okay. to commit to um, taking care of the assets when there's liquidation. But no fees, no, no fee by way of a minimum requirement, no minimum requirement by way of capital is required to set up a non-profit, unlike companies limited by um, shares. Let, let me mention that the show is brought to you by Goal Good Energy, Goal Yenara, Yedia. Goal, going cashless has never been this convenient and exciting. Goal e-payment system is now compatible with GH Link, the national payment platform. Now you can use your GH Link card on Goal POS machine to purchase fuel. GH Link card offers additional payment option for fuel purchases at Goal stations in addition to the Goal card. Every fuel purchase is recorded automatically on your monthly bank statement, helping card holders track and manage their expenses. So go ahead and use your GH Link card to buy fuel and all lubricants from any of Goal's over 400 stations across the country. Go cashless and protect yourself and stick to all COVID-19 protocols in these times. Goal Good Energy Goal Yena Rayedia. Ken, well, looking at the issue about the corporate governance structure or the board issue, how different it is from 
normal or limited liability businesses. Okay, so um, it's not it's not different when we talk about boards. I mean, corporate governance runs in um, any kind of business structure. If indeed you want to run a good business and you want to sustain your business activities, it's important to put your corporate governance structures together. So the board is only one aspect of it because um, in a company limited by shares or in the profit um, for profit businesses, they have a board, usually board of directors. The same board of directors find space in the um, companies limited by guarantee or the non-profit space, but they would usually be referred to as board of advisors, board of trustees, but they usually will serve the same purpose. So they are there to ensure that the organization, most importantly, works in line with its objects or its mandate. So they are there to ensure that the organization also plays its role in terms of complying with regulatory um, issues or regulatory requirements. And then there are regulatory requirements that non-profit organizations need to to meet. So the board of governance or the board of directors or advisors, they basically sit at the top when it comes to um, the structure of a non-profit, just like the structure of a company limited by shares. And then they help in making sure that at the end of the day, the entire organization is run to achieve its objects. Okay, I have a question for you while we're waiting for the phone lines to ring. Why should a young man who's out of school, who's setting up a business, or an entrepreneur who's decided I want to go into business, why should they set up a non-profit organization? What's, what's the motivation? And I have a question on the back of that. The second question is that, what would you say is the difference between a non-profit organization and these companies that are set up in the free zones? So let's, let's take the first one. What's okay. the motivation? Okay, so in terms of the motivation, the motivation could be anything other than wanting to make profit or seeking to make profit. So if that's... Um, young entrepreneur who has just completed school seeks to go into business um, once he's able to identify a cause, usually it will be a problem in society that he seeks to address it's okay to put yourself together put your team together and run a business to make sure that you are able to identify solutions that can address that particular problem in society so what the objective will be is to address a problem in society at the end of the day you don't seek to generate profit that's basically all that it means you see i i i'm going to push that point a bit more because a lot of people are looking for something to do today yes. now ask my my friends who you know in the office say we are not father christmas yes i want to solve the problems of society but that's why i'm going to queue on the 7th of december in the sun and vote for somebody to get a exactly. job it's their job yes if I'm solving a problem, it's fine that I'm solving a problem, but exactly. I want to make some money while I'm doing it. Yes. You know, so I just want you to hit that point again for me. Okay. Before you go on, though, numbers to call 0302-216-541. That's 0302-216-541. Pick up that phone, give us a call. You can also send us a WhatsApp on 055 Be that listener who gave us a call on the last show of Masterclass this year. We're waiting to speak with you. 0302-216-541. King, talk to us. So, so knowing the problem and then seeking to solve it doesn't mean you're not going to be compensated for it. So if you're in the non-profit space, you definitely will get paid for it. So if you go into the business of non-profit, at the end of the day, you'll be compensated for your efforts. You're going to be on salary. You're going to be compensated by way of allowances. So whatever you do, the only difference is that you're not supposed to generate profit and share the profit among yourself as business owners. So you would be paid. So if you don't have anything doing and if you identify the cause in society, you think you can put your effort to addressing that problem, you go into it, whatever funding there is to the organization, your services must be paid for. 
And so you definitely will benefit from working in a non-profit space. I don't know if that addresses it. It's sort of that. So if I don't have a job, I don't have money. Yes, I can earn a living from there. Exactly. But if I want to make money and do business, it's not a place for me. It's not a I mean, out of the goodness of my heart, I can help somebody. Yes. Yes. But if I'm not going to make profit while I'm doing it and I only want to earn a living, then yes, I can operate in that space. That's exactly so. Okay. Let's go to my second question. What would you say is the difference between that, which we've just um, defined, and the companies that operate in the free zones? Um... The companies that operate in the free zones are entirely different because in the free zones, you basically find companies that seek to usually generate foreign exchange for the country. And so they would normally have a company with a minimum requirement of exporting 70% of your production. So free zones companies would normally not have anything to do with non-profit organizations. However, because now we see a lot more non-profit doing what we refer to as social enterprises. They engage in commercial activities. So they may decide to undertake services such as selling their products beyond the shores of Ghana because every free zones enterprise seeks to sell products or services beyond the shores of Ghana. That's basically what characterizes a free zones company. So the non-profit organization and non-profit entrepreneur wanting to do something with the free zones should have identified a commercial activity which would require him to export services. And if that becomes your mandate or the object for which you run, then obviously you cannot be a non-profit. So the free zones, I'll find it very difficult to put the non-profit in the context of a free zone because they are entirely different. The free zones is a typical for profit making um, um, businesses that find themselves there. And then they do business to generate profit and then they sell their proceeds out of the country, usually 70% minimum to make um, to generate foreign exchange for the for the country and they are exempted of all taxes so if you're coming from that angle then i imagine that the tax incentives or the tax benefits due free zones companies they are entirely different from what is due the non-profit players in the non-profit space your activities are exempted and they are not exempted or limited for a period of time unlike the free zones so the free zones, there are benefits due free zones companies simply for the fact that they are engaging in activities that tend to add value and then they export these services or these products and generate foreign exchange for the country. This is basically just one of them. But for the non-profit, your activities are usually tax exempt. If you, however, engage in commercial activities that are taxable, then the Ghana Revenue Authority will definitely come after you and have to pay all the relevant taxes. And it's important for me to add that um, you don't just also go into non-profit thinking that you do not have anything to do with the Ghana Revenue Authority. That's usually what most people think. If you run a non-profit and you have employees, you definitely have to file their income taxes. And then if you engage in any activity that is taxable, you definitely will have to pay your, your taxes to the Ghana Revenue Authority. So it's basically the fact that activities of non-profit organizations fall under the exempt provisions of the Ghana Revenue Authority. Well, get interactive. Our phone lines are still open. 0302-216-541-055-1111997. That is our WhatsApp line. Send us your questions and comments. And King Kojosafu is here uh, to respond to their questions and comments as well. Um, Nadokwa of um, Bubuashi says she wants to set up a non-profit business. But what, what are the steps to, to be taken to ensure that she is successful. Okay, I think I discussed that in the question that came from Kofi. So now basically I have to procure forms from the she has to procure forms from the Registrar General's department and then go through the incorporation process and afterwards proceed to the Department of Social Welfare and Register. Now must be clear in terms of the object or the mission of her organization and then once she's incorporated she's good to do um, engage in her activities. 
but but she spoke about the aspect of being successful so what are the steps to be taken I would narrow that down to making sure that she has a sustainable business. Sustainable business will come back to finding um, activities that would keep you in business, that will keep your organization running. She must be very clear with that. And then as a business, just like any type of business, you would have to run the organization. So you need finances to run the organization. So now must make sure that the resources required to run a business is well identified and sustainable enough. Okay. Where now wants to um, sustain the activities, now can decide to find some commercial activities that can be undertaken to make sure that the, um, the mission or the object of a business can be achieved and where the commercial activity finds space within the tax brackets that will be taxed. Okay, could you? I mean, <clears throat> we have a long list of thank yous to say today, but before we get into that, I mean, what's our takeout for today's conversation? I mean, we'll be talking about nonprofit organizations and what their motivation is and why people should go into it and the nature and characteristics of that entire process. What's our takeout for today? If we forget everything we've discussed today, what should we remember from today's conversation? Okay, so we should remember that um, non-profits are not exempted or they are not bad from doing business. If you find yourself in the non-profit space, it is important to remember that it is like any other business and for that matter, your activities must be sustained. We have moved from the era of millennium development to sustainable development. Mm. So listeners should remember that it is very important for you to identify a mission and the mission identifying the mission could you do me a favor hold on hold on to that thought i've got a caller on the line uh, probably the only caller for the show let's talk to the person and then you round up for me okay and then uh, this uh, i've got abdallah from a shaman good afternoon abdallah you're welcome to masterclass talk to me good afternoon my brother good afternoon how are you i'm well thank you my brother talk to me thank god yeah what i wanted to know is maybe i've registered for an ngo done all the submissions and I've gotten my document right. And I've gotten uh, partners from outside. Assuming we are doing into this uh, street chart program. Mm. And they send me a money. That money that comes into our accounts to should we pay tax on it before executing our program? Okay, alright. So, Abdullah, thank you so much. Please keep listening. We'll try and answer thank your, you very much. your question. Okay, so that was Abdallah. Abdallah says that once you've gone through your process, you've worked, you've declared your money's at the end of the year and all of that, and you get extra money in your account, should you pay tax on that money as well? Oh, no, you pay you pay taxes if the activities or the transactions you're engaged in are taxable transactions. If you engage in commercial activities that are subject to tax, mm. you pay the tax on that. Okay. But you do not pay tax simply because you have excess of income over expenditure. So once okay. you find yourself in a non-profit, you are not subject <clears throat> to taxes. I mean, corporate income taxes. Okay, right. Ten seconds. You okay. finalize your takeout for me. Yeah, so basically I'll say that listeners should understand that it's important to continue to sustain your non-profit agenda. Mm. And then um, finding a mission and a cause is not just enough, but working hard to make sure that you have activities that can sustain the business is the most important thing for today. Thank you, Kojo. This has been an interesting conversation. We've learned a lot of things from you today. We hope, we wish we could have you longer, but we have to bring an end to this show. By God's grace, we have been able to come to the end of the year. It's not been a, it's been a particularly interesting year. I like to use that, <laughs> that word. But here we are towards the end of the year. I would like to say a very big thank you to everyone who has been here on Masterclass. Kojo, I suppose you're here with us now so a big thank you to you would also like to say a big thank you to our resource persons i'll just quickly mention their names we've had yvonne Ohui mccarthy on the show james addison kofi 
Frimpong Corey, tax consultant. We've had Richmond Kwame Frimpong. We've had Samuel Boafo, HR consultant. We've had Senor Ajabing. We've had Mauli Oklu, um, a salesperson. We've had King Kojo Safo, who's right here with us in the studio. John Arma, Derry Dean, when we had that show, we had uh, William Demeter. We'd like to say a big thank you to all of you for um, being here on the show and helping us next year. By all means, we're going to come back and call on you again. We also like to draw the curtain back a bit, and I hope that they oblige me. The people who have been working behind the scenes, the Joy Business Team Masterclass is a Joy Business production, but we've got a very wonderful producer, Sarah. Sarah, we want to um, see you. Those who are watching us live on Facebook, Sarah, don't be shy. Okay, so Sarah is a, is a producer. She's been putting all of this together. Wonderful production. Abeku Sankofi has also been super, super helpful. Mirabel and the entire Joy Business team, we are thankful to you for your support for the entire... And also to you, our cherished listeners. Without you, this show would not have been successful. We thank you for sticking and staying with us throughout the year, giving us calls, motivation, support, and feedback. We will come your way again when we um, return in January. By all means, we will come to you for suggestions again as we continue. Until we come you... And of course, my man, Nixon. Nixon. Well, um, <laughs> let, let, let me leave this with our Ten listeners. seconds. <laughs> we stand for peace. We so, stand for um, peace. We want one Ghana. One Ghana. So, therefore, on December 7th, yes. we want to ensure that everybody exhibit his or her franchise and return to the house right. or any place. Go home after you vote. Absolutely. So, okay. All what we stand for is for peace. It's for peace. Okay. So um, we just want to say a big thank you to all of you. Until we come your way again next year in January, we're wishing you a Merry Christmas. We're wishing you a peaceful election. And we're saying here that stay safe, stay blessed, and see you next year. This has been Masterclass. Thank you so much for supporting.